The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, for 30 years now, Wild North, formerly known as the Northern Alberta Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation Center, has been helping and saving the lives of animals across the province. It has helped over 30,000 since 1989 and almost 10,000 of them in the last three years. Dale Gino is Wild North's Manager of Rescue Operations. He joins us in studio this afternoon along with a special guest. First off, Dale, welcome back. Thanks, Jalen. Nice to see you. Who is this little guy that you have with you? This adorable little character is Ricky, and uh, Ricky is a one-year-old saw-wet owl. So for those who can't see him, but you'll be able to see him very quickly on the 630 Ched Instagram uh, page or on my Twitter account, what is a saw-wet owl? Describe him for our <laughs> okay. listeners. Um, well, he's, he's easy on the eyes, that's yes. for sure. Uh, saw-wet owls are one of the smallest owl species in Canada, so this little guy is only four inches is tall. So cute. Uh, big, beautiful yellow eyes and kind of uh, kind of a brown, molted brown color. So it's actually a, a pretty common owl species, but they're so small and so well camouflaged that not very many of us get a chance to see them. Well, we were talking a bit about that, and I, I had mentioned to you about, um, I, I've been following a fellow on Instagram lately who does actually owl tours. He'll take people out right. and he does owl photography. And um, I said, you know, that's amazing because I've never seen an owl in person before. Do you have any tips, any what we should be looking for with these little guys or the bigger ones? Right. So, uh, well, this one, again, is, is quite common. And um, we actually see them a lot in evergreen trees. So you mm-hmm. might see them around a spruce tree or some other kind of uh, conifer. And they'll roost, you know, just five or six feet off the ground. But, you know, we tend to go on our hikes or cross-country <laughs> skiing. And we just we just walk right by them, you know. because they're And those bright yellow eyes, they close them. And they stand up tall and they waver back and forth, pretending to be a leaf blowing in the wind. And, we, and we just don't else? see them. Um, but some of the larger ones, of course, are easier to see. You know, this time of year is a great time to see snowy owls mm-hmm. uh, and great gray owls. We can see a lot of those this time of year. Where would we see them? Um, so the snowies tend to like, uh, when they, they're uh, this time of year they're here, and they tend to like really big open areas. So you'd find them around the airport, for example, okay. or in, in, in farmer's fields and maybe perched on uh, fence posts. So this is where we'd see the snowies uh, more often. Some of the sort of deep forest birds, a little more difficult to see. Um, Ricky, how did he come into the care of Wild North? So, um, we, uh, some good friends and colleagues of ours uh, from the Beaver Hill Bird Observatory were doing some banding. Mm. And uh, they, they banded a bunch of uh, little owlets, uh, Ricky among them. There were mm. six all together in the clutch. And little Ricky was having some difficulties. He wasn't um, as well developed as the other ones. Um, so it was decided that he should be removed and uh, hand reared to, to, you know, so he would survive. And he's come through. He's wonderfully healthy, um, but, you know, really used to people. And uh, so probably not the ideal candidate. <laughs> It for release back into the wild. So now he travels to, to hundreds of schools and teaches children about his kind. Now, if you have questions about wildlife or owls or birds, whatever it is, this is the guy. This is the guy right here, and we have him till four o'clock. So seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text me in your questions, and we'll get to them. When I was reading about these sawwet owls today, it suggested that you could almost. Um, depending on where you live, um, put a a house up almost, and, and, and they would 
I don't know, whatever, live there, roost, what do you call it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're, they're cavity dwellers. So, yes, absolutely. Um, like uh, if, you, if you have a nesting box that you yes. put up for them, um, they'll they'll often take advantage. Of course, it gives them great shelter. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and often it's better than their, so the natural counterpart, a hollow log or something. We designed something a little yeah. old. And uh, you can attract all kinds of birds of prey, including uh, nocturnal birds like this little sawwood owl or even small little falcons like American kestrels mm. will sometimes go inside those nesting boxes as well. So when I'm looking at him, and I've always had questions, questions about owls again they're just magnificent and these big almost cat-like eyes right. and the one thing they always say about owls is about how they can turn their head they can't go all the way around you're exactly right that's a bit of a myth but but they can turn it most of the way around so 270 degrees or three quarters of the way around now their eyes uh unlike uh, some other birds of prey and, and most animals are fixed in their sockets so they ah. can't move them back and forth they don't really have a peripheral vision and this is why they have to turn that head so far around so, Dale, you have been uh, the manager of rescue operations for a few years now right. at, at Wild North. 30,000 animals over 30 years, 10,000 in the last three. It's been busy. It has. And, you know, we're the only um, the only organization of its kind that does full-scope rescue. So there's eight uh, wildlife rehabilitation centers in the province. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're the only one right in Edmonton. Uh, there's another one. We have a colleague in Strathcota County that just does birds of birds, prey. But, yeah. uh, we're the only one that does all animals. Uh, so it keeps us very busy. So from Red Deer North, the whole northern part of the province, uh, we're responsible for taking in all these injured and orphaned animals. And, and despite those numbers, I would suggest that a lot of folks don't know about you and what you do and don't know what to do if they see... Um, at, 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 like, I had a little owl smacking onto the window at my house right. once, and I, I found you then because I looked you up, and, and not you, but the, the organization, and found out what to do and, and took the owl and, you know, unfortunately it died. (laughs) But, um, you know, I think not a lot of folks know what to do in case something like this happens. What do we do, depending on the animal, I guess? You know, you're exactly right, and that's often the case, right? It takes something to happen, and then you start looking around and Mm -hmm. see who takes care of these things. And I think a lot of people think that um, looking after injured animals is a service that, you know, Fish and Wildlife provides, Mm -hmm. or maybe the city does, but that's not the case. So we're a a registered charity, and the only group that that really does this that will take them in, rehabilitate them, and, and get them back out of the wild. So if you come across uh, something that is injured or orphaned or you simply have wildlife questions. Maybe you have a skunk living under your porch <laughs> that you don't appreciate or a porcupine eating the apples yeah. in your apple tree or whatever. Uh, you can go on to our website, uh, wildnorth.ca. Um, you can get a lot of information from our website and there's also a hotline number on mm-hmm. the website that you can call and talk to us in person. Alright, so um, how do we know though if a- an animal or a bird is orphaned? Right. That's a very uh, tough question and it's very uh, sort of species specific, okay. right? Um, but there are uh, a few that we get a lot of. So, for example, in the spring, um, that probably the, the two biggest orphans that uh, that people start deliberating whether they're orphaned or not would include hares. So we mm-hmm. have these big, beautiful uh, white hares we see in the winter. Of course, in the summer, they're brown-colored. And when they have babies, uh, unlike a rabbit, the hares we have here in Edmonton are born with their eyes open. Mm. And the mum leaves them all day long to fend for themselves. And she only comes back at 
nighttime to nurse them. So often these little babies are found mm-hmm. on their own, assumed they are, uh, you know, abandoned or orphaned. We call them accidental kidnappings. <laughs> People grab them and they bring them into us. And we're like, no, take them back where you found them. And unless there's a clear sign where, you know, mom has been hit on the road or something like this that's nearby, we can assume that they're not abandoned, that mom is going to come back at nighttime and look after them. What is, I've always heard talk about don't touch them because if the human scent gets on them, the mama, the parents won't. Is that true? Right. You know, it, for most cases, that's a myth. So we'll take birds, for example, and this would be the other one that is, is often abandoned. So birds grow very, very quickly. So most birds, from the time they hatch to the time they're flying, is within eight weeks, some even sooner, mm-hmm. some four or five weeks. And when they're at that stage where they're fully feathered, but they're not quite flying, we see them on the ground and mm-hmm. we assume they, they, they must be injured. Um, but if you come across little babies that have fallen out of a nest, for example, we try to re-nest them. And, and what most people don't know is that birds, for the most part, have no sense of smell. Mm. So this is really a myth that's been perpetuated, but um, they, they, so they, they can't smell your scent on them at all, so mom clearly won't abandon them. So it's interesting with these Sawat owls I was reading today that mama leaves the nest at about 18 days after they're, they're born. She leaves and goes and roosts elsewhere. Dad comes in and, and, and feeds them yes. all, and she might come back at night, but during the day, she's gone. Yeah, for most of these, uh, most of the bird of prey species, um, uh, most birds of prey species, uh, mate for life, mm-hmm. and, and it's a joint effort between mom and dad. Uh, depending on the species, sometimes mom will take a more active role in the building of the nest, and, and dad will do hunting while that's happening, uh, happening, and while mom is sitting on the eggs in the beginning, dad will do hunting, and some species even take turns sitting on the eggs. <laughs> Over the past uh, year, I mean, the last time uh, you were in, you were in with uh, Rosie the porcupine, yes. and we had such a, an awesome visit with her. Unfortunately, she's passed away. She has. Uh, porcupines uh, have a maximum life expectancy of about uh, 10 years, mm-hmm. and Rosie uh, lived with us uh, up until 12 years mm, of age. So she did, she did really well, um, and she's greatly missed by everybody at Wild North Willamette. Over the past year, when you look at those numbers, um, are, are there any rescues that really jump out at you that you remember that you'd like to share? Yeah, you know, there's uh, there's some really cool things that uh, happen. You know, I'm, I'm very, I, I think I have the best job in Edmonton. I think you and, do and, too. <laughs> and, uh, so I have uh, I have a lot of fun, and, and it's very rewarding, as you can well imagine, rescuing animals that, that, that need help. Um, so one animal that we have in currently actually at our center is kind of an interesting case. We don't know much about how it became injured, but it was discovered up in Fort McMurray, um, injured on the ground, a big, beautiful, mature bald eagle. Oh wow! And uh, the bald eagle was uh, rescued up in Fort McMurray, brought into our animal hospital here in Edmonton and it had a, a break in its wing. Now the break was quite old and uh, we actually bandaged up, we ended up pinning the wing and hoped that that bone would kind of bridge the gap and would heal so that we could release him again. Well to no avail, the injury was mm. old and the bone just wasn't healing. So we actually, uh, our, uh, our veterinarian actually did a bone graft, actually took a piece of bone from the keel of the bird, put it where the wing injury was, and then, of course, it, it started to grow with this living tissue, and uh, it now has a pin in that's due to come out the next week or so. Uh, it's, it's shortly due to be moved to our rehabilitation center in Spruce Grove, where it'll be put in a big flight cage to yeah. get that, you know, get the strength back again, and then hopefully released again this spring. So, What, what is it like? Okay, you know what? We need to take a break here. We're going to run out of time. I've got to pay some bills here. I wanna, when we come back, I, I want to ask you... What's it like when you, after you've cared for them, to see them released back into nature? More with Dale Gino from Wild North, uh, the uh, Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation Center, right after this. 
Dale Gino from Wild North, the uh, Northern Alberta Wildlife Rescue and Rehabilitation Organization, joining me in studio with Ricky the Saw Wet Owl. He keeps getting visitors popping in to say hi. Uh, Dale, before we uh, run out of time, um, one of the things I really love about this organization is it's not just a rescue and rehabilitation organization. It's it's an education organization as well. And Ricky is a part of that. Rosie's been a part of that. You have an internship. You go to schools. Tell us about that. Yeah, we. That's a uh, Jillian, That's a very important part of our mandate is to teach people how to live in harmony with urban wildlife. I mean, we're surrounded by wildlife in the city. We have uh, the largest green belt of any major city in North America here with the Edmonton River Valley. So lots of wildlife that come in from there. So we do spend a disproportionate amount of time teaching people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, we were in many schools. Uh, we taught more than nine thousand students wow. this year about how to live with their wild neighbors. How do you? How do um, teachers get you into their classrooms? They can go right to our website. <laughs> Uh, through wildnorth.ca. We also have a great funded program, um, a capital city cleanup by the city of Edmonton um, that allows us to travel into schools for free Mm. to talk about litter and different things that people can do to to, to help wildlife. So uh, if you're interested, go onto our website and uh, learn more about it. Uh, You have a Valentine's Day thing coming up, don't you? We do, yes, yeah. So um, Studio Bloom, uh, which is a a great florist in town, Mm -hmm. um, is donating part of the proceeds for their, um, you you can order a bouquet through Wild North through our website at wildnorth.ca. Uh, order a, 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 a bouquet of flowers for your loved one and when you come to pick it up you can come in with your loved one and we have a very special guest um, Gordon Court who is a species at risk biologist with Environment and Parks will be uh, there on that day with a beautiful great grey owl for beautiful. you to come and meet and these are just stunning big birds of northern uh, boreal forest, uh, gorgeous animals and this is a, a young bird and uh, just I, I've met the bird personally, just, just an awesome creature. A couple of texts coming in about uh, about the gray owls saying that they're absolutely spectacular. Are, ba- are barn owls and sawwets the same? Uh, they're not, okay. no. So um, barn owls, uh, technically we have them in Alberta, but there'd be very few, if any, left in the province, the very southern end of the province. We wouldn't have any in the Edmonton area. Um, they are uh, found very small numbers in other parts of Canada, uh, in southern BC, and in Ontario they were just unfortunately yeah. listed as extirpated or gone from the province. Wow. So we're an endangered species there. Uh, someone time. wants to know, is it true that owls have really long legs but are covered by their <laughs> by their feathers? You know what's interesting? They do have long legs. And uh, <laughs> there's not uh, there's not a lot of owl underneath all those feathers. So if you look at uh, sort of the, the common owl species, we see a, a great horned owl. This is a bird that stands two feet tall, yeah. you know, 24 inches tall, has a wingspan of almost five feet sometimes, a big female. The bird still only weighs three pounds. Wow. So uh, they have hollow bones, and very light to fly. Uh, so yes, underneath all those feathers, they have these sort of long legs and kind of gangly creatures, but you just can't tell with all the plumage. Dale, I, I mentioned it before. What is it like for you to see an animal that has been rescued, rehabbed, and returned to uh, nature? You know what? Uh, for and I, and I know I can speak for all of our staff because we, we talk about this a lot. Um, that is hands down the best part of the job. Mm. You know, when you get to see something um, that you've put your blood, sweat, and tears into, you've worked with the community to help rescue and to see it released back in to a wild space is just amazing, you know, just to watch them fly off or, or run off. And, and you know, it, it's funny because um, 
normally it's a good thing. Uh, normally they don't want anything to do with people because once they've gone through this rehab process, you know, <laughs> they, they're, they're like, yeah, that's it. And they're never going to go near people again, which is probably good for them in the long term. <laughs> um, Wild North, I know, always could could use some help, whether it's financial, whether it's donations of, uh, I don't know, like even I, uh, Chris, Christmas trees, I think at Christmas time we were right. looking for that. What What's on the, the top of the list? Yeah, so we are uh, we are a registered charity and so we're, we're, we're supported strictly through donations. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, and again, we're the only organization that does this. So if you really do want to help wild creatures I- in northern Alberta, it's the organization to donate to. So um, obviously monetary donations are, are, are much appreciated, um, but you can go onto our website too. Uh, let's say you're not in a position to do that, but you want to contribute. We have a wish list on yes. our website. Uh, everything from, you know, maybe you have a, a, a pet that has recently passed away and you have a kennel that you can donate that we can use for our rescue program or, um, you know, cleaning supplies mm-hmm. or there's, there's a whole plethora of things there that you can look at and, and donate and, and it's all very helpful. Can anyone volunteer? Yes, yeah. We have about uh, 240 active volunteers and we always need more and we have volunteer programs that offer opportunities like uh, transportation of wildlife, animal care, animal rescue, administrative tax, all kinds of things you can do to contribute to the organization to help animals. All right, we're pretty much out of time. So if you want to find out more about what they do at Wild North, the website is wildnorth.ca. There you can find that wish list. You can find out how to volunteer. You can find out about the programs and you can find out uh, that hotline as well. If you find something and you're wondering what to do, wildnorth.ca. Dale, thank you for this. Congratulations on 30 years and keep up the great work. Thank you, Jill. I really appreciate it.